Well, it is the fifth and final go-round for Anton Watson, who has improved his scoring and shooting every single season that he has been in Spokane. What does that mean for this upcoming season? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use that promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday, happy game day for those of you who are planning to watch Gonzaga's exhibition against Lewis Clark State tonight. I am so excited to have some real basketball to talk about. Join us in our Discord channel. That is where I'm going to be posting most of my updates throughout the game. We're going to be having live chat discussions starting before the game all the way through and after the game as well. So you'll find the link in the show notes here, whether you're on audio or video, click that. It's free to join be able to chat with us all game long. Today is a continuation of our player preview series where we are discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster. We're looking at their history, how they ended up in Spokane, as well as they look at their best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season, closing it out with a more realistic role prediction and a look towards the future. Today is the eighth in our series, getting close to being done with these. Today we are discussing veteran forward Anton Watson. For those of you hoping for a preview of the game, check out Thursday's episode of Locked on Zags. We talked all about what I'm going to be watching for in that game. So check that one out. But here we're talking all things Anton. Watson, six foot eight forward, coming out of Gonzaga Prep High School in Spokane, Washington. He has been a Spokane kid through and through, uh, committed to Gonzaga back in June of 2017. I don't even want to tell you all how many different places I have lived since 2017, but that is how long Anton Watson has been committed to the Gonzaga Bulldogs, probably even longer than that. I think he knew all along that this is where he wanted to go. He ended up being ranked the 41st player in the class of 2019, coming in as a four-star recruit. And in that freshman season, we got a glimpse of Anton but his shoulder injury limited him to just 15 games. He made five starts that year. Four of them were the first four games of the season, including a 15.8 rebound performance against North Dakota. All told, though, he really didn't play much from late December to late December. I think he played like 18 total minutes in four games for basically an entire month span because of the injury. Came back, played five more games, was ultimately shut down in January and did not play for the rest of the season. In those 15 games, Watson averaged about 15 minutes per game, five points, three boards, one and a half assists. Then we get into his sophomore season, the magnificent 2020-21 campaign for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, of course, undefeated until that loss to Baylor in the national championship game. Watson played 32 games for the Zags that year. He made 17 starts, basically started to begin the year and then got replaced in the starting lineup by Andrew Nemhard when Mark Few decided to go with a three-guard lineup with Nemhard, Suggs, and Joel Ayayi, Corey Kispert playing the four, and then, of course, Drew Timmy at the five. That relegated Watson to a sixth-man role. 
didn't actually change his role within the team all that much, just changed whether he was one of the first five guys on the floor or not. All told, Watson averaged about 19 minutes per game that year, seven points, 3.3 boards, and 1.2 assists. He was a magnificent 71% on two-point shots, one of the most efficient scorers in the entire country. Only 15% on threes. That was three of 20. Uh, He was one of nine as a freshman, so he went from 11% to 15% as a sophomore and continued his struggles from the free throw line as well as 57% as a freshman, about 65% as a sophomore. Then you get into the 21-22 season, and this is the only year of Anton Watson's career where he did not start any games. And that was because the Zags had some guy named Chet Holman. So Chet started at the four or five. Drew Timmy started at the four or five, kind of depending on, on what you consider their positions. Uh, Watson came off the bench, but he still played a valuable role, about 18 minutes per game, basically the same as where he was as a sophomore. So junior year, he's 32 games, zero starts, similar minutes per game, but he does bump up the three, the points per game to 7.3, bumps up the rebounds per game to 4.7, bumps up the assists to 1.9. Bumps up the steals to 1.3, shoots 58.8% on two. So there was a significant drop off there, but his role changed. You can kind of understand that. Did improve the three-point percentage again. It went from 11 to 15 to 22.7% as a junior. Still not great. Mind you, five of 22, still a small sample size there. Shot just about 70% from the free throw line. And then we get last season. So after three years of Anton Watson being a role player, being a guy who, yeah, he started, but he was, you know, he never played more than even 20 minutes per game in his first three years. Last year was finally Watson's breakout. He played all 37 games for Gonzaga, started every single one of them and played about 29 minutes per night. A huge uptick in overall amount of playing time for Anton Watson. And as you would expect, it led to an increase in production. He set his career high in basically everything. 11.1 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists per game, 1.8 steals per game. And despite much more playing time, much more field goal attempts, a much bigger role offensively, Watson's efficiency did not take a hit. He was 66.7% on twos. That's a big jump from the 59% he had been as a junior. More efficient score around the rim. Three-point percentage bumped all the way up to 33%, 33 33.3%, 16 for 48. Anton made 16 three-pointers last year. Prior to that, he had made eight, I believe, in his entire career. And he did it at a 33% clip. 33 is not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but it is totally adequate. And it is a significant increase from the 22% that he had put up the previous year. Now, we did see Watson significantly struggle at the free throw line last year under 55%, hoping that was more of an anomaly than anything else. That was certainly the biggest kind of head scratcher of his season last year. But Watson took on a bigger role and, and pretty immediately thrived. Again, career high in every category. His turnovers have basically been exactly the same since he was a freshman. He was a 0.8 turnovers per game as a freshman, 1.2 last year. So he's pretty much right in that same range, despite a significant uptick in playing time and having the ball in his hands. Uh, a few highlight performances from Watson last year, 16-7 and seven versus Xavier in the Phil Knight Invitational, 13-13 and 13 in that narrow loss to Baylor, 15 points five boards, three steals against Alabama in that big win last year as well. Upped everything in the in WCC play as well, about 13.6 boards, just under three assists, just under two steals, and just under 69% on two-pointers in WCC play. 
Got in the NCAA tournament, 14 and 11 against Grand Canyon in that first round win. Nine points, 12 boards, four assists against TCU. Also had eight and nine against UCLA. Very solid performances from Anton. And now we come into this year where he's no longer has Drew Timmy. No longer has that teammate that has been with him for the last four years. So what does that mean for Anton? Well, for starters, he's being he was put on the list as the Julius Irving Award winner for the best small forward in the country the preseason watch list. I don't think Anton Watson's a small forward. We discussed it on a recent episode. You everyday listeners uh, definitely caught wind of that, but I do think Watson's going to take on a similar role as a power forward, but we're going to need to see how he adjusts to what I expect is going to be a bigger offensive role than he has ever had before because he does not have that kind of really high usage big man on the roster alongside him in Drew Timmy. The the Evan Miakow, if you have not checked out his website, is the last thing I'll say before we get into those best and worst case scenarios. Evan Miakow's website does a preseason projection for the most impactful players in the country using some advanced analytics models. He has Anton Watson third, third in the entire country in terms of impact on his team behind Zach Eady at Purdue and Donovan Klingon at UConn, two bigs the Zags are going to see this year. Is Anton Watson truly the third most valuable player in the entire country? Can he earn WCC Player of the Year or even, as my bold prediction from last week stated, be an All-American? We're going to cover all of that. But first, folks, the college basketball season is just a few days away, and I know some of you are going to need some last-minute tickets to go to some of those games, and I know game time is going to have the tickets that I need and that you need at a good price. Plus, I'm going to be able to see what the view looks like from my seat right in the app. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for any event that you're looking for, whether it's a college basketball game, an NBA game, or a football game, a baseball game, music show, comedy show, theater, you name it. They've got it. And in addition to the view from your seat feature, GameTime also has a lowest price guarantee and an event cancellation protection. This makes me feel super comfortable when I'm buying tickets if it's spur of the moment, last minute thing, or even if I'm planning ahead and trying to get tickets to an event, GameTime is the way to do it. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE now, and you get $20 off your first purchase. If you're finding a $30 ticket to a basketball game in Eugene or Corvallis or Pullman or wherever you might want to go to a game, you can get it for way less using this promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. And of course, shout out to those everyday listeners who are checking out the show on YouTube. Much appreciation to all of you. Of course, shout out those of you on the Discord channel as well. If you're not with us, go ahead and click that link in the show notes and you'll be able to talk to us 24-7 all about Gonzaga Hoops. We're going to continue our player preview series here discussing the old head of Gonzaga's roster, the vet. Anton Watson, we talked about his lengthy history, the fact that he committed to Gonzaga over six years ago, and now we're going to take a look at what are those best and worst case scenarios entering his fifth and final season in a Gonzaga uniform. As we've done so far with these, I'm going to continue to give this caveat. The best case is within reason, the worst case is without injury. If it is reasonable for a player's best case scenario to be national player of the year, championship MVP, uh, you know, lead the entire country in scoring, we're going to talk about that. If it's not realistic, we're not going to talk about that. Similarly, injuries, unless they are a part of a player's history, 
discussing them just isn't particularly interesting. So we're going to talk about worst case scenarios on the actual basketball floor. So let's start with Anton Watson's best case scenarios. Well, the best case scenario for Anton Watson is that those improvements we have seen the steady improvements as a scorer. His points per game have gone up every year. His three-point percentage has gone up every year. His three-point percentage or his three-point number of, of attempts and makes has gone up every year. Best case scenario, that continues. He's He bumps up his scoring. He bumps up his efficiency as an outside shooter. And he takes on a bigger role offensively without sacrificing efficiency. The best case scenario for Anton Watson is that he leads this team in scoring, rebounding, and steals. Not out of the question for him to be the team leader in all three of those categories. Is Anton Watson leading the team in scoring best for Gonzaga? That's maybe a debate for another time. I think as long as Watson, EK, and Nemhart are all fairly close, which is what I expect. I don't know that it really matters who is the go-to scorer, who is the lead scorer. But in a best case scenario for Anton Watson, that is what he gets to do in his fifth and final year at Gonzaga, something he's probably dreamed of since he was a kid, leading Gonzaga in scoring, and now he gets the opportunity to do so. The best case scenario for Anton Watson is that no Drew Timmy leads to more touches. More touches does not hurt that efficiency. Watson is a career 65% shooter on two-pointers. The best case scenario for this season is, is that he's around 70, 68, 69, 70% on two-pointers, while also improving that three-point percentage as well. Again, last year, 33.3% on 48 attempts. This year, maybe it's 38% on 80 attempts. Why not, right? He's probably going to play more away from the rim. It depends on, on how things shake out. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But something like 31 threes made out of 80 attempts, that's about 38%. That doesn't strike me as, as insane to project, certainly if we're, not, if we're talking about best-case scenarios for Anton Watson. Another best-case scenario for him is that last year was an aberration. From the free throw line, he's more like 68, 70, even above 70%. I don't think a best case scenario for Anton Watson is 94% free throw shooter or anything like that, but but certainly he's much, he's better than the 55%. And I think in a best case scenario, he's quite a bit better than that. The best case scenario for Anton Watson is that he's used in multiple roles. He can play the pick and roll two-man game with Ryan Nemhard. He can be a low post player who just establishes position, readjusts his position while the ball swung around the key, gets the ball in favorable spots in the block and scores, similar to what Drew Timmy did. Uh, he also can be the high post. He can be he can get the ball at the top of the key, make that entry pass down to Graham E.K. the way that that two-man game often operated with Watson and Timmy in years past. He could also play on the wing, be a secondary creator, attack off the dribble. Any different thing that you want Anton Watson to do offensively, in a best-case scenario, he is capable of filling that role. Defensively, the best-case scenario for Anton Watson is that he's the best defender in the country. I mean, truly, that is the best-case scenario. Judging def defensive players is a tricky business. A lot of it is it, there's not a hard and fast rule for how do you determine who the best defensive player in the country is. But the best case scenario for Anton Watson is that he's very clearly in that conversation. He's not going to lead the country in blocks. He might lead the country in steals in a best case scenario. That is a legitimate possibility for him. But the best case scenario is that he can guard two through five. He puts a ton of pressure on opposing players on the perimeter he does either lead the country in steals or leads the WCC in steals and moves up significantly on that list for Gonzaga. And he defends the rim capably. He's never going to be a shot blocker, but he can hold his own down there when asked to do that. The best case scenario for Anton Watson, all of this leads to a situation where he's an all WCC first teamer. Could lead to a situation where he's all w or the WCC player of the year, not outside the realm of possibility here at all. Neither is all American. 
I made it as a bold prediction. All-American second team is probably the highest. It would be very, very hard to make that first team with just how much talent there is at the top end of college basketball this year. But an All-American second team or third teamer, it's a stretch, but it's not crazy. It's not that crazy, I guess I should put it that way. But the best case scenario for Anton Watson is that he meets those thresholds, that he does win that Julius serving award as the country's best small forward, even if he's not playing small forward. And that he does look like the very rare fifth-year player who, who plays his way into the NBA draft. That it, when June rolls around, we're legitimately talking about Anton Watson as a second-round pick, despite being a fifth-year senior coming out of Gonzaga. What are the worst-case scenarios for Anton Watson? Well, the worst case really is that not having Drew Timmy around actually hurts Watson's offensive production. That his role is less defined. Because of no Drew Timmy, because of Graham E.K., because of Ben Gregg, is he the low post player? Is he the high post player? Is he a wing? We talked about the best case scenario being him, him being able to fill all of those roles. In a worst case scenario, he never has a fully defined role, and that impacts his performance. He maybe doesn't adjust well to sometimes being a low post scorer, sometimes being a high post player, sometimes coming off the wing, sometimes being asked to play a two-man game in the pick and roll. And you just see him make more mistakes than he's made in the past or not be as efficient of a score. I don't think there's a, a worst case scenario where Anton Watson is like unplayably bad. That would be a, an absolute stunner considering the development that he has had. But in the worst case scenario is that what he's being asked to do doesn't entirely jive with what he where he's at right now. And you can see it manifest itself in, in maybe more mistakes or, or more bad shots or just less general efficiency, which is what we've kind of become accustomed to with Anton Watson over the last couple of years. Worst case scenario for Anton Watson is that he and Graham E.K. just don't play all that well together. And it's difficult for them to play huge stretches of time together. Likely leads to more minutes for Ben Gregg, could lead to more minutes for Braden Huff. Probably doesn't really lead to less minutes for Anton Watson, depending on how it shakes out. It might be more of an impact with E.K., but certainly wouldn't be good for Gonzaga if two of their better players couldn't play all that much together. Worst case scenario for Anton Watson is that his three-point percentage just doesn't improve. He, he, he's gone from 11 to 15 to 22 to 33. In a worst case scenario, he's, he's not over 33 again. He's back down. He's in the 20s again. The shot disappears by midseason. He's not taking him anymore. He's no longer a threat out there. It limits his ability to be that versatile offensive weapon if teams are not respecting him as an outside shooter. The worst case scenario for Anton Watson is – still pretty good defensively. <laughs> There's not a lot of situations where Anton Watson becomes a bad defender or even below a still very good defensive player. He's not really a rim protector. I guess the worst case scenario that could happen and seems very unlikely is that he's asked to play that role, which limits his ability to be that kind of tenacious wing defender that we're so accustomed to. He's asked to play behind, to play under the basket, to try to alter shots. He's not particularly good at that and that those skills that we know he has on the perimeter aren't being utilized. Again, this would be a mystifying decision by the coaching staff, so I'm not expecting that to happen, but that would be a worst case scenario is he's not utilized as properly within the skills that we know that he has. The worst case scenario overall for Anton Watson is that he's once again left off those all WCC teams, gets snubbed again. He's still going to finish with a very successful Gonzaga basketball career. Uh, this is his final year, so there's not any worst case scenario wondering about the future for him. But in a worst case scenario, he ends the season on, on maybe not as high of a note as people are expecting him to. Uh, and it leads to, to not getting some of those accolades from the conference, despite being one of their best players in the conference over the last couple of years.
Go, folks, we're going to close out the show discussing Watson's realistic role and expectations where I expect him to land in the middle of these best and worst case scenarios, as well as his future after Spokane. What might happen with the NBA draft? We're going to talk about that after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead you to big payouts, like their Taco Tuesdays deals. Every single Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25%, which provides you with even more value. Plus, with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you pick a player and they get injured in the first half and do not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. This is unprecedented in the daily fantasy sports space. No other platform gives you injury insurance for injuries. Beyond that, this app is so easy to use, folks. All you have to do is pick two or more players and choose more or less with whatever given stat you have. For Thursday, I know Zach Collins, 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. You think he's going to get more than 22 and a half of those three stats combined? You hit up. You can do the same thing with Jalen Suggs on 17 and a half, folks. I'm hitting up on both of them. And when Zach Collins and Jalen Suggs have more combined than in those two categories, that's money right into my pocket. So, folks, if you want to do the same, go to pricepix.com slash locked on college. Use that promo code locked on college, and you'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's pricefix.com slash college. Use promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, closing out the show today, talking our boy Anton Watson entering his fifth and final season. With the Gonzaga Bulldogs, we talked his history, how he ended up staying in Spokane, I should say, as well as his production the last couple of years. We talked about what his best and worst case scenarios might be for this upcoming season. Now, closing out the show today, talking about some more realistic role and expectations for Watson in year five. There's no debate about the starting lineup, at least not his part in the starting lineup. Watson's going to start at the four and he's going to play a big role. He's going to play a, a, a big, big, big role. The biggest role he's ever played at Gonzaga. He's going to play a huge role on both sides of the ball. 30 minutes per game is pretty much a lock for Anton Watson. About 29 minutes per game last year, he's going to be one of the three most played players at Gonzaga this year. Probably one of the two most played players at Gonzaga this year. I think Ryan Nempard probably leads the team in minutes, and I think Anton Watson is probably second, of course, barring injuries or anything like that. I think Watson's pretty much exclusively a power forward. Yeah, he's nominated for the Julius Irving Award for small forward, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think they're gonna play any jumbo lineups with with Greg and Ek and Watson all on the floor at the same time. You never know. Gonzaga hasn't typically experimented with the three big lineups all that much. I also don't really see a situation where Watson's playing the five. I think if Greg or Huff or Ek are on the floor, pretty much all of them are the five over Watson. I suppose it's possible they run a very small lineup with Watson at the five and and maybe Yo at the four and then Venters, Hickman, Nemhart or some combination of guards outside of that. But I don't think we're going to see that much, if at all. So for me, Watson is pretty locked in to being this team's power forward. And I expect continued improvement production-wise for Anton Watson. 
giving you some number projections here, something like 12 and a half points. Again, it was 11.1 last year, so a bump up, 12, 13. Maybe you can sneak up into that 14-point-per-game range. It kind of depends on how aggressive offensively Ryan Nemhart is as a scorer. It certainly depends on how many minutes Graham E.K. plays down on the block, but something like 12 to 13 points, six to seven rebounds, two and a half assists. Maybe he gets up to three, depending on if they use him in a, a high ball role as a post player. Two steals per game, something like that. I think, again, the field goal percentage is probably going to be pretty comparable to where it's been. It's 65% on twos for his career. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's pretty much where he resides this season as well. Would love to see another bump in that three-point percentage. Don't think he's going to get all the way up to 40 or anything like that, but maybe 35, 36, enough that defenders have to honor him out there, which means that he has more ability to put the ball on the deck, more ability to space the floor and give EK or Greg or whoever some more room down on the block. I also think Anton Watson is going to shoot better than 55% from the free throw line. I'd love to see him up at least 66, at least knocking down two thirds of those free throws would be fantastic. I think he's uh, uh, too proud of a player to, to let a, a performance like what we saw from him last year at the free throw line continue into another season. I also think Anton Watson is pretty clearly going to move into second place in Gonzaga history in total steals. He will be behind the great John Stockton, who may never get caught in that category. Right now, Watson has 145 steals. Second place behind John Stockton by about 80 steals is Josh Perkins. Josh Perkins has 178 career steals. That means Watson needs 34 steals to pass Josh Perkins. He had 66 last year. He had 40 the year before that, and he only played about 19 minutes per game. There's virtually no way that Anton Watson, of course, barring injury or anything like that, doesn't move into second place in Gonzaga basketball history and steals. Very cool accomplishment for him. I also expect Anton Watson to be a first teamer in the WCC. Maybe he's a second teamer. You have Graham E.K., you have Mitchell Saxon from St. Mary's, you have Javon Porter from Pepperdine. Those three guys are all pretty great. Kelly Leah Pepe from LMU. A lot of bigs that are good and quality that could challenge for, for first or second team spots, but I have a hard time imagining Watson's not better than enough of those guys to be at the very minimum a second teamer, potentially a first teamer as well. Uh, he also might be the defensive player of the year. Mitchell Saxon is the clear favorite for that right now. He's a rim protector for the team that's one of the 15 best teams in the country defensively. They probably will be this year as well. And if that's the case and Saxon leads the conference in blocks, it's going to be really hard to not pick him for that award. But Watson certainly will be in that conversation as well. And then what about the future? Every single player on Gonzaga's roster could come back for next season, except for Anton Watson. This is it. We know that this is the final go around, the victory lap, whatever you want to call it. He will not be back at Gonzaga next season as a player. He's one of the last remaining COVID eligibility guys, kind of a, a helping to kind of usher out an era of college basketball. So what does that mean is next for him? As for those of you who've been listening to the show, we always talk about kind of NBA future for these guys. And I've been talking about Anton Watson as an NBA player since the eighth episode I ever did of my old podcast, Scorezag Score. It was like two weeks into Anton Watson's freshman year. And I talked about whether I thought he could be an NBA player. This is a topic I have discussed at length and will continue to discuss at length. Not going to do a bunch of it here, but Anton Watson has the size. He has the athleticism. He has the basketball IQ. The, the kind of functionality of a role player to be an NBA player. He is missing one thing, the ability to shoot the ball consistently from beyond the arc. Anton Watson is an NBA defensive caliber player right now. 
you know, he's not going to guard two through five in the NBA the way he can do in college, but he can be a wing defender in the NBA right now. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And frankly, I don't think scouts or general managers or whoever really doubts that either. The, the problem is they don't know if he's going to be able to do anything for them offensively. And it's a fair concern to have right now. His ability to score around the rim as a low post player is just not particularly relevant in the NBA. If, if they're not viewing Drew Timmy as a player that's worth an NBA roster spot, despite what he can do as a low post scorer, it's not going to matter for Anton Watson. Anton Watson's ball handling skills are questionable and the outside shooting is just, it's not consistently there. If he came out this year and shot 38, 40% from three and looked a lot smoother, I think it might get him some attention. That's why in the absolute best case scenario, he plays a more versatile offensive role and makes NBA scouts kind of turn their heads a little bit. I still think it's really difficult to project Anton Watson as a draft pick as a fifth-year senior. Could he get signed into summer league? Absolutely. He probably will. Could he get a two-way contract? Maybe. If the three-point shooting shows up, I think there's a chance. Teams love three and D wings. They love them. You can get guys better at three-point shooting. It is an easier skill to develop after you get out of college than defensive instincts, than size and athleticism, things that Watson already has. If they're looking at Watson, I think all we need to do to make this guy a, a legitimate 10 to 15 minute per game role player is get him shooting decently from three. A team should give him that give that a chance. I believe a team should be willing to gamble on that. Be like, hey, we'll, we'll put him in the G League. We'll give him maybe we'll put him on a two-way contract and just tell him to take 400 threes a day. Get better at that area. Prove you can do it in a game, and we might be able to give you a look. That's kind of going to be it for for us here on the Anton Watson train. I just want to say an au revoir to a, a Gonzaga legend. Of course, we'll have a lot more about him when he does fi- finish his Gonzaga basketball career at the end of the season. But going to be really fun to watch him complete what has been a tremendous Gonzaga basketball career for a hometown kid coming out of Spokane to get a chance to play for the Zags. It's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen and watch of the day. Looking forward to watching the game tonight with you all. Definitely join us on that Discord channel if you haven't yet. We'll be talking throughout the game on there so you can hang out there and and talk some Zags hoops for the first time this season. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, as always, go Zags.